Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome to the room. Uh, Happy October, October 2nd. Welcome in. Uh, Let us know where you're dialing in from or uh, joining, clicking in from in the chat. Make sure you switch your chat to everyone, where it says the hosts and panelists or someone's name. Click to everyone so that we can see where you're clicking in from. I'm so glad that you're here today. If it is your first time to a Sell Better show, we do this every single day. You can find our entire calendar at sellbetter.xyz. If you are here all the time, welcome back. We're excited to uh, get started here today. Before we jump in, if you're looking for a longer sales training, John Barrows, one of the best in the business, and we have a special discount code for you. Maria will stick that in the chat. You get $70 off annual membership with John if you're interested in upping your sales game. Today is all about conferences. And to do that, we have the conference king, the very own Will Aiken from Lavender. Conference king. I love that, Leslie. Also, big shout out to Erica from Newfoundland. Calling from the Maritimes, my neighbor. Oh, you don't see that often. (laughs) You know, listen, the time zones just can't slow her down. That's it. She's half an hour ahead of me. So she's deep in the the cold calling right now, I hope. I can't do the math on the half hours. We only have half an hour today. So no one ever said that Will and I in a room um, could do anything like have a conversation in 30 minutes. We're going to see how this goes, but we have a lot of information. You feeling good? You feeling ready to share all of the, the exciting things? Let's crush this, Leslie. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. While we are covering what's going on today, would love to see who's in the room so that we can gear the conversation to you. Will is going to be sharing his thoughts and feelings on challenges or mistakes that we see with conference follow-ups, a bit of a framework to craft a follow-up that doesn't suck as much, and then a couple of his favorite conference tips. Yeah? Yep. Ready. That's fine. I'm on the right webinar. That's good news. Okay. I'm glad we're glad we're here. Um, I thought like during our prep call, you said this and it stood out to me because I'm getting a ton of follow-up emails from being at conferences and as an attendee where I our company, our business isn't even able to purchase what they're offering. Talk to me about like this ICP thought before we dive in. Uh yeah, I think uh for a couple of reasons, the the very first thing you should be doing while at the event, after the event, whatever it is, is really understanding your ICP. So that way you're not just like trying to prospect everyone. This is pretty basic for the you know general sales, but especially conferences, timely follow-up is super important. If you're going to waste time following the wrong people with messaging that's never going to resonate with them because they're just not the right person who feels the pain points that you can help solve, then that's just a, a waste and can actually sometimes as well tarnish your brand in, in, in those per- person's eyes. They might be someone who could introduce you to someone at their company. If you go about the wrong way and treat them like every other prospect, even when they're not in your core audience, let's say you sell to marketers and you have a HR person come by your booth, grab a teddy bear, scan their badge, and you send them a message about uh, ABM campaigns, they're going to feel like, what? So not only is it a waste of your time, your precious time to be following up these people and, and, and trying to talk to them, but it also can uh, can tarnish your youthful brand as well. Yeah. Uh- 
there's a lot of times that you just want the swag, right? There's something that's really cool. Are you a swag person? No, me a swag person. We will be jacking mugs behind me. Uh, <laughs> I am a swag person. In fact, I bring an empty suitcase to every conference I go to 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 to, to load up with the swag. Yes. I mean, like that's a hot tip right there. Pro constant tip. That's how I do, uh, you know, the souvenirs coming home for my kid. <laughs> exactly. Me too. There was a kangaroo. I can't remember the name of the brand, but I gave it to my son. He was overjoyed. It means you'd have to pay for a gift. Right. <laughs> my wife didn't like her kangaroo, though. She was like, where's my perfume? Uh, yes. <laughs> parenting parenting tip as well while we're here. Um, okay. So I want to kind of show the common mistakes we talked through and we can chat through them. Uh, what stands out to you? What's like... What's the thing that gets you the most when you're receiving a post-show follow-up email that you're like, oh, no, cringe? I think, um, I th okay, this might be a hot take, but the, the, the thing I see happen most often is that I don't get an email from a seller. I don't get an email from someone trying to talk to me. I just get enrolled in the marketing campaign. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask to be in for a product that I probably am not a fit for as well. So then it's just the frustration of having to unsubscribe after getting six emails in two weeks from the same company. I think that's like often a sign that the marketing team has really run the event and it hasn't really been that much alignment with sales. Um, but almost along the same lines of that, because I think a lot of sales emails do read like marketing emails, you get a lot of these automated emails like, thanks for stopping by my booth. You know, and they don't really provide any extra context or, or, or reasons why I should engage in a conversation. Yeah. Okay, what else? I like I see badge scans on here. That's something that I have like a stop the badge scans. <laughs> uh yeah, I this again. We we I'm full of hot takes today. It's a Monday, all right? I've got some stuff to go. I like it. It's out, October. Right? It's Monday. Yeah. If if you're going to an event and you're standing by a booth and your entire mission while you're there is just to scan as many badges as possible, then you're probably not getting as much out of an event as you could be. I find a lot of the, that's a very reactive thing to do, wait for people to come to you. And if they come to you, scan their badge, they might be a fit, they might not be, depending mm. on what kind of conference you're at. Some of these like Sasta, for example, where you and I attended, that was a mix of marketing, sales, CEOs, even some CFOs. Um, not everyone who drops by your booth is going to be a fit. So that's a very reactive thing you can do. A lot of the time, my favorite approach is to actually get out way ahead of the event. So not even what you do differently at the event, more so ahead of the event, if you're a sponsor, um, or, or even if you're not, there's a little trick I'll teach you here. Try and get the list of attendees and cross-check that with some of your target accounts. Look for people who are fit, who are going to be at the event ahead of time. And then reach out to those folks. Say, hey, I couldn't help but notice that you're going to be at, let's say, I'm going to use Sasser as another example, or Shuram if you're in the HR tech space. Um, and I also heard that your CEO recently implemented HubSpot. Do you want, can I pull your ear while you're there? Hear how that integration, how that implementation is going. Then what you can do is absolutely pack your calendar full of meetings while you're at the event, which are so much more valuable than virtual meetings because people are just much more willing to be open for coming and shoot you straight when you're in person. That's what I found at least. Right. Way more effective to at least have your calendar going. And it's people who you could do business with or you're already doing business with that you can upsell, whatever your goals are there. Um, and shout out to Maddie at a conference right now. Ooh. Um the other thing that wasn't on that list that you just reminded me of was like just running it, it through. We saw a lot of SDRs, a lot of AEs in the room. Um, having marketing like 
look at it first and take out your existing clients. Like anybody else get existing clients on your list or they just get thrown into the marketing campaign trying to sell me as net new when I'm already a client or a customer. Not that it's terrible. Just an interesting, well, just catches your eye in a different way. I definitely, if you've got existing clients there, that's a big opportunity though, to be fair. Huge. Like a lot of um, trade shows, what you can do is if you can book those meetings ahead of time and have them at your booth, then what you can do is kind of start to build a crowd. The more people are booth, the more likely someone's actually going to stop and see what the fuss is about. So invite your clients over to your booth, maybe even set up a dinner with them. This is more for leaders probably who have budget to do this, but try and set up a dinner, invite some of your hot prospects who are going to be at the event, invite some of your existing customers, have them sit next to each other and you'll, you'll watch your customers sell for you. Um, and then if you're an SDRA at those events, boom, you've got these warm conversations, you're all on the same side. And uh, I was at a dinner the other day, actually with a lavender customer, and I just watched this guy pitch this this, this sales development leader, and she was like butt-eating up, and I was just stood there, and she's like, this sounds really interesting. I was like, do you want to book a meeting? It was that simple, right? Um, so, so definitely try and mingle those two people if you have the option. Huge. That's like such a huge takeaway because it's when your customers are saying good things about you, people trust that much more than when you're saying great things about your own product. Well, that's what they expect from you, right? <laughs> right. They're like, yeah, you have to. You're paid yeah, to. <laughs> you're like the most biased person who could possibly talk about it. You're paid to, to make people want it, right? I'm curious from everyone who's tuned in here, when you get a big lead list coming in from a conference, um, do you get leads for shows that you did not attend? Because I feel like that can be some additive piece to like your follow-up email too. Are you saying, hey, it was great having a conversation with you, Will, whenever you never spoke to him? Like this gets kind of strange in your marketing follow-up too. So just curious. Any like that fake personalization? What's been your experience with that? Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like I've had a few emails, and I know we've had because of examples coming up, where I actually did a, a thing when I was at SASTA in London this year, SASTA Europa, different conference, the SASTA annual one, where you and I saw each other. And um, what I did while I was there, I just thought, oh, I run an experiment, and I'll go to every single booth and let them scan my badge. I just said, scan my badge, didn't ask what they did, and just walked away. Sometimes took some swag to fill my suitcase, right? And afterwards, I got a ton of emails about conversations I hadn't had, or activities that I'd taken place in, like oh, you must have had a fun on the putting range. I was like, there was a putting range? I'd, I was just getting my badge skin, right? So you can't, you got to be careful not to assume anything about people when when you're following up to them. Um, the best way to avoid that is really uh, try and have good conversations at the booth, get some context, add some notes in there, and then you can actually tell your follow-up to what you may have learned about them at the booth. And if you didn't get any context, you know, you might have, they might have come by like me, scan my badge and walked away. Then it you shouldn't be trying to use any of those contextual things if there's no note no extra context then you're almost better off treating them as a cold lead entirely if they are within your icp of course i like the way you talk about that and i'll share a visual really quick to kind of help and then we'll go back to the examples but when we're thinking about follow-ups it's almost like there's two buckets of human here's people that i spoke to then will you're saying they're going to get a way more personalized follow-up and and email right versus the people who are just running by scanning their badge and getting their free swag as much as possible that's exactly it and 
in an ideal world, when you're at that booth, you're gathering some information about them. Heck, if they're actually showing interest, the best thing you can do is not have to follow up at all. Just book the meeting with them right there and then. Okay. Most folks will have their phone on them. They're going to have their calendar on their phone. You're going to have it there. If they're showing interest, you can be like, hey, this sounds like it might be worth a further follow-up conversation. What do you think? Yeah, sure. Let's get on the calendar right now. And then you're not trapped in that follow-up game where you're trying to stand out in this wave of emails these people are getting. And that really comes down on who's working the booth. But that yeah. should be the goal when you're talking to people, not, oh, we'll follow up with you some more information. It should be, hey, does this sound like a problem that you're facing? Great. Why don't we get this booked in and we'll show you in more depth, you know, than what we could got on, uh, got on hand here today. If you can get that, then you forgo all of this chasing and follow up and trying to stand out in that wave. Obviously, you know, it's not the perfect world, so you are going to still have to follow up in, in some cases, but we can probably talk about how we're going to do that in a minute. Yeah. I think it's like, it's like a cold call. You could either hang up and like try to catch them later, or you could go for booking a call right there. Always go for booking a call right there, right? Don't send them an email. They probably won't read it. Then you have to cold call them again. Oh, no. Um, okay, so let's just share a couple. I There's like so many things I love about these emails, but there's a couple things that like we talked about. There are some challenges. We normalized them. So, you know, we pulled out some of the information so that you can't see it. I got this one and it's like, hey, I love chatting with you about top of funnel strategies, but I never spoke to anyone from this company. I went back. I take very detailed notes for myself. I went and looked them up. I looked up all the people who work there. Never met anyone. So I, it was one of those things. It's like, we had a great conversation. Do you remember our talk? No, I don't. <laughs> it kind of feels like being gaslit a little bit where someone's like, spoke? <laughs> what? Oh like, I wasn't that, I'd only had one self, so I, I'm pretty sure I remember, you know? Um, yeah. I think I think the note on this one as well, there's there's some bold text in there. And the moment I see any extra formatting in email, like that, it does read very automated. It's also center aligned, which again, screams automated or marketing. 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 Um, I love like there's some uh, like cheeky lines in between, even in the blurred part, like talking about Batman and Robin or like this margarita, which I like. But it's um, it does make me feel like now I'm just a number on the list, which I want to feel special. I'm a special snowflake. You are special, I promise you. Thank you. Validation here today on The Daily Show. So I got this one back in June when I attended that conference and scanned my badge, let everyone scan it, just let that thing get scanned all over. Um, and uh, as I can, as I mentioned earlier, as an example of like, did you find that your putting skills in SAS stack were up to par? I was, I got everyone scanned my badge in under an hour. I didn't have time to even see what was at the booth sometimes. So I didn't even know this person had a golf thing, right? So I think... If you have a really good booth activity, if your marketing team's done a good job of thinking of some really cool swag or doing something that's going to draw people into your booth as like a, a magnet, um, be careful using that unless you do know that person actually participate in that activity. Outside of that, I actually like this email quite a lot. They didn't go for a hard close on me. They kind of gave me a bit of an overview. Um, they, they even said, I'm sure lots of exhibitors will be following up with you like we are, which is very true in this case because I let everyone scan my badge. Um, and they shared some content. Uh, rather than going for a, a meeting. So had the potential, um, but I think it would have been better if they had have used some other kind of observation because of the fact that the, the putting thing just didn't land. Yeah. You have one more too, right? Yeah, this one's this one's pretty crazy, actually. This this one, I don't have as many positive things to say about it um, because this, this kind of breaks everything we've spoken about so far and just some things you can do ahead of time to make sure your follow-up's going to be great. 
um, hi, well, you may have stopped by our booth at a conference recently. How was the show? I go to like three conferences a month right now. Um, so not knowing what conference this was, I, I had to like tick and then like look up the brand. And I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't my job to kind of talk about emails and look at these types of things. So that would have lost a lot of people right away. I'm really impressed by your company's performance. Again, in this case, it looks like they've pretended to follow up and do some extra research on my company um, by talking about my partner network. They didn't call anything out. So that again, makes me feel like this is quite automated. Um, and then they go into a bit of a pitch into what they do. Uh, one, one thing that's really interesting about this is that their, their, their product is evaluating payables automation at this time. So that's paying your vendors on time. Um, and I work in sales and marketing. So it's really outside of my wheelhouse for this. So it's poorly targeted and uses some of fake personalization and talks about me stopping by a booth that I don't remember stopping by. And then it finishes off with a $200 gift card bribe, which I was really tempted by because that's one of the best gift card bribes I've ever received via cold email. But <laughs> I'm not going to jump in a call this person, take the $200 gift card, and then tell them that I'm not their ICB. It wouldn't be fair to them. Um, obviously, I sent all this feedback back to them as well because I do want to see people get better. So nice of you. Um, okay, I want to encourage if you have any questions, put them into the Q&A tab at the bottom. We're going to talk about like a couple things that make follow up look good. And then we'll hop over to the q and I did also want to call out Vikram in the chat talks about taking a picture. That's something like one of my favorite follow up strategies. I'm always asking for a picture. I either send it to them on LinkedIn right then so they remember, hey, it's me. Like then they can look back into the thread and see who I am and at least like know that we had a good conversation or I thought it was good. <laughs> you're not you're not joking there because I've got a picture of you and I uh, that we, yeah. we took far too many. Selfie. Boop. Oh. Always go for the selfie. Oh, oh hey. That is an armchair, by the way. Leslie's not sat on my lap. Um, <laughs> um so let's talk about your when we're thinking about follow-up, like what are the, do you have a, a formula or some sort of couple of things that you recommend in terms of following up after a conference? Yes. So let's talk about what we should do differently now that we've torn down all the ways that we've seen done badly, shall we? <laughs> um, so number one, try and get meetings while you're at the conference, get more context, book follow-up, start a sales cycle. That's number one. Number two, you can't do that. Get notes and then Make sure those notes are actually transferred into CRM. So any follow-up you do has the context of what was discussed. So you can say, you spoke to me or you spoke to someone else at my company. You spoke a little bit like about this. I don't know how deep that conversation went, or maybe you do know how deep that conversation went, but then you can go onto that pain point and use that as your observation. If there is no context, then my first thing would be to segment your list. If you've got like a thousand names who have stopped by your booth with no context, then figure out which of those are actually good fits for you. Um, and a lot of people say don't follow up too soon after the event. Um, I'm going to be looking to follow up within two weeks. Anytime after that, like I said, I attended a lot of conferences. I've forgotten everything that happened at Sastra, and that was only a month ago. Um, not because of the Seltzers, just because stuff's happened since. Yeah. Um, so uh, make sure you follow up within two weeks. I reckon the sweet spot is like within a week uh, after the final day of the conference. Um, but probably not the next day three to seven business days later, let's say. Um, and then if you don't have any contacts, you've segmented your list, you take out everyone who looks like they could be a fit, both from a company standpoint and their position, you can reach out to those people, but because you don't have any contacts in them, don't reach out saying, hey, I know you stopped by our booth, because as we mentioned before, they might not remember, that might come across as personal automated. 
Instead, try and look for something about them and their company that you would have used to prospect them if they were a complete cold lead. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's worth doing this, because it can take a little bit more time because you have to research them a little bit, is because that person, by they had their badge scanned, they're going to be just that little bit more familiar with your brand. They might remember the booth. They might remember the swag. They might have it on their shelf behind them. Right. They're much more likely to convert, which is why it's actually worth investing more time in personalizing to those people, including just something relevant. You could even segment the list in bulk. You could say, okay, got a list of 600 people to buy a booth who are also over the ICP. Let's say there's CHROs. Um, of those 600, 200 of them have seen a 20% headcount growth in the past what, six months. Well, now we can actually use that as our observation and not have to rely on the event as the observation. We can now say, hey, because senior team's growing by 20% over the last six months, that's great, especially in this space, especially in this economy. Um, I'm curious, um, a lot of folks are finding trouble onboarding their, 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 their new team members, especially when they're growing at that kind of rate. What are you currently using to do that? Or uh, maybe I could say this company found that by in, yeah, implementing Lessonly, they're able to put out surveys a relatively quick pace, get people on board and track to see where new onboards were up to. Does it sound interesting? So I'm still writing an email that I would send to them if they hadn't attended the event, but I'm prioritizing them because now they've got some level of familiarity with me, my company, my brand, assuming they remember stopping by a booth at all. Right. So there's some brand awareness built in, but I'm saying something that's interesting to them about them, not necessarily just about, here's my booth. Do you remember a conversation with me? Because how many people do you think on average you meet at one conference. Say it's like a, say you're there for two days, like, or one, even one day, like how many people are you meeting on average every day? A lot of people. Hundreds probably. Yeah. It's a lot to remember. We're not king of conferences. Um, okay. Let's jump over to Q&A really quick. If you see a question in there that you want answered, you can upvote it as well using the little thumbs up under their question. But um, Kayla says, a lot of times she's seeing the decision makers um, that she wants to engage with don't care about the swag. It's an expensive investment mm-hmm. to non-ICPs or non-decision makers. Is it a bad thing to not have swag and just do a better job bringing them to your booth with visual appeal? Make sure your messaging's there. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I sometimes think swag can really shoot you in the foot for a booth because then you get all the wrong size people who just want the cool sticker or teddy or pen, the pen snatches, we don't like them. Um, and again, similar to that, that person who offered me a, a gift card, right? Um, I don't want people meeting with me for the wrong reason. I want them to meet with me because they have a problem or challenge that we can actually help them solve. Mm-hmm. In a similar age, you could look at it like that. I think Swag does a good job if maybe of making your booth look busier, giving some level of appeal. But it can be worth just doing a quick badge scan and deciding who you spend time talking to. You know, don't make it obvious. Wait till they're looking away like that. Look at their title. If, the, if they're wearing a badge that has their title on them. And then you know who to invest the time with, um, especially if you've got a very busy booth like that. Yeah. You are right. Most most um, C-level folks probably don't care about the free pen unless they're trying to write something down right now and don't have one on them. So in those cases, that's exactly who I'd be trying to target, invite to a dinner, and try and get them to actually stop, find a time to stop by or maybe... We, me and them go off and use the company card to buy some nice coffee rather than that conference stuff that's never good. Um, so if you're talking about really high-level people, that's where I'd really focus your time up front. Yeah, so uh, attracting, trying to book meetings ahead of time. 
Um, I do want to drop in the chat really quick. Lavender has a guide to conferences and events. Um, Maria will drop the link here so that everyone can see it. It's a whole bunch of information. If you're headed to an event coming up, I saw a few people um, who are headed that way. Then also, okay, next question. Barty says, how do you start a conversation with random people? So many rejections at the start, I get demotivated and nervous for the next conversation. Tips? Tips you got? Uh, yeah, I think... Um, okay, so so it is really exhausting and demotivating to be out there and have people walk past you, shrug you off and everything like that. Um, the, the best thing you can do, though, is remain switched on. And this is why it's like really important to be on your best behavior and game and get good sleep and wear good shoes so you can carry on that energy throughout the day mm. um not sat on your phone at the booth because no one's going to want to talk to you if you do that if I, I see that i'm like ah they don't they, they look distracted that they don't even look like they want to talk to me i think one of the mm. best things that I've, I've seen done for trade show booths and done myself is eye contact um you can't most events have like rules about you getting out of the aisle and selling out there you've got to stay like behind a certain line but your eyes they can go anywhere they want and sometimes if you can catch someone's eye, that's an invitation for me to start a conversation with them. And I'll just go, hey, how you doing? How's the event? And then you get talking. And typically, as long as you're asking enough questions and showing up interest in someone, like they'll go, oh, it's great. Uh, you know, I did this and that. And then you can ask them more questions. Just keep showing interest in them. Eventually, people reciprocate. Like if you mm -hmm. if someone's shared a lot, they'll go, oh, so so what do you do? Boom, that's now your point to start a sales conversation, right? Mm -hmm. So then you can go. You can have an elevator pitch, by the way. This is one of the best things you can do at an event. Have a really well-rehearsed elevator pitch. Outline two of the problems you help solve, who for, how you help. Do you happen to know anyone who who's facing those challenges? I don't suppose I don't suppose you would know anyone who's trying to do a better job of X. And then that way you can start a real conversation, ideally get some notes. And if they're interested, book that meeting. But eye contact's a big one. Smile, stand up straight, look the part. And um, it helps when you've got a couple of people around you, you can bounce off as well, you know, joke around a little bit, have some friendlies come by your booth. So that way you're not just stood there alone all day because that's that that will demotivate you, right? Also make sure you take some breaks to eat some food, um, go outside if it's an indoor conference because those things are going to refill your cup. Beautiful. I like that. I, um, I always say, I call it my hats. Like I'm like, it's almost like you're acting, right? Like you got to, you got to get into character, hype yourself up, and you got to stay in character all day. Or like take a lap around and see what other people are doing where you're like, oh, I want to do that. I'm going to try That's that next. Really time. good point. Go and look for inspiration other booths. Someone's doing it really well out there. Go look what they're doing. Have a chat with them. Ask them some questions. Salespeople like to help each other out as long as they're not a competitor, of course. Um, I'm just looking at the time. I'll, I'll put a story. I'll do a follow-up story booking.com did an awesome job of this i like took a picture with their sales rep because she like did a phenomenal job i'll send it to uh i'll send it to you guys i receive leads that are engagement participant only so they just got swag participated in game got scanned but no conversation about product follow-up or not is this where you're bucketing well this is definitely where i'm bucketing so number one are they in your icp if yes then it's definitely worth you know treating them more than a lead that you might have just pulled off of sales navigator um because if they have a piece of your swag or they'd stop by your booth they're going to be more familiar it's similar to, to what i try and get the lab of the team to do here which is if someone's engaging with our content online i'm not going to reach out and be like hey i saw you liked our post but i am going to know that they're going to probably be more receptive to some really thoughtful well-researched outreach because they already know of our brand same mm -hmm. thing applies to an event lead like that but i wouldn't 
I would definitely segment and prioritize that list based on who's the best fit, who's showing the best growth signals, who's you know most likely to be facing those challenges that you can help solve. Okay, two hot takes really quick. Is it helpful to include a picture of your book in your follow-up email? A picture of your booth? Uh, yeah, so like they remember your booth? Yeah, yeah I, um, I like that. Um, I do like that. Again, you got to be careful, but I, out of all the event follow-ups that I've received over the past six months, I think only two companies have done that. Hmm. And actually both of them, I was like, oh yeah, I remember them now. So that can be a useful thing. But do keep in mind that images, links, attachments can hurt your deliverability. So it might be worth doing what I mentioned and doing a personalized email and then following up with the, you know, that personalization or observation you made up front, uh, the trigger that you included didn't, didn't land. Yeah. Maybe you can switch back to the booth messaging and say, hey, also can help but notice that you stopped by our booth to jog your memory. This will look like, and that could be a, a week after that initial week after the event, right? So yeah. like a second touch in email, you might do a couple of cold calls or LinkedIn DMs in between that. And then you're more likely to get in if you don't have attachments or links. Okay. Last one, not ICP, save them for last or try to get them on the phone for a referral. Um, I would definitely save them for last, especially if you do have leads for in your ICP, prioritize those. But don't write off folks who are maybe a junior. Let's be real. Most sales these days, especially in B2B, are champion-led. You're never really going to mm-hmm. start with the real decision-maker. There's always going to be someone above them who needs to sign off or a CFO who needs to get involved and really see the, 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 the business case. Um, but So I would definitely follow those folks because they can definitely champion in or, or give you some context, a bottom-up approach. You can find out what they're using today, how they're getting it done, any challenges they might be having, then take that to their leader. If it's, say, a HR persona and you sell to um, engineers, then it, it can be worth it. But I also, that at that point, it's kind of tenuous. You know, like, who, who, who are you not going to call if you're starting to call those people? Um, if you have some notes on them, yes. If they're a HR person who dropped by and was like, yeah, engineering team definitely needs this, then definitely follow up with them. But the, those ones who have no context, no engagement, maybe just scan their badge and took some swag, I would save them to the very last. And between then and there, I would hope that your marketing team or your trigger-based sales navigator searches have probably generated some warm leads. Yeah. If you find yourself running out of leads, then yeah, sure, give those people a buzz. You might get, get the referral. Look at us in 30 minutes. I'm just saying that was a lot of information in 30 minutes. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Jed Marley and Morgan Ingram are doing the next part of the AI series. You can check it out, sellbetter.xyz. But we'll... Thank you so, so much for joining us. We dropped a link to your LinkedIn here. Any last minute conference tips as we walk away? Uh, get good shoes, get a good night's sleep, drink lots of water, and um, go to as many after events as you can, bear to, for free food, free drinks, but also that's often where you'll find some prospects being a little bit more open to conversation so get involved in those beautiful wonderful happy conferencing everyone and will thanks again thank you leslie always a pleasure never a chore bye everyone